Romans 8 is definitely something to get excited about. And the Word of God is something to get excited about. Amen? All right. Father, we thank you for your presence. Ain't no grave going to hold this body down. Mm. Thank you, Lord. No sin, no death. No, it will not hold us down. Father, I thank you today for your word, and I pray, God, that you would truly bless this sharing of the gospel, the sharing of your word, God. I thank you that you are here with us, and this is a good word from you, God. I thank you that your truth will reign supreme today. Father, we come against every lie of the enemy that tries to fortify itself in our thinking, and uh, we just surrender our minds to you today. Can we do that, guys? Just surrender my mind. I surrender my mind, and I surrender it to your truth today, God. So, Lord, I thank you for illumination. I thank you for revelation today. I thank you, God, for kicking out unbelief and mistruths with your word. And so, Lord, we thank you for that, and we give you praise, glory, and honor that is due your name. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Man, well, welcome. If you're a guest with us today, we're glad you're here with us. We are, as a church, on a reading plan, and we are reading through the book of Romans. And if you are a guest with us, we want to encourage you to start reading with us. We're actually, this week, going to be starting uh, Romans 10. Um, today, I'm going to actually, we're, I would have been, if we would have stayed on our schedule today, I would be preaching out of Romans 9 but I am not going to Romans 9 today. We have got to talk about Romans 8 first because Romans 8, which would have been the week that Tony Costa was here, would have been last week. I wanted to really go with Romans 8 because it's one of the most beautiful passages in all of Scripture. And we are going to get a partake of that Scripture today. But if you're in your reading program, uh, if you don't know where we're at there is a reading plan on the Welcome Center that you can grab today before you leave. We're memorizing scripture today. We're in our discipleship groups talking about these scriptures, and uh, God is transforming us through the washing of the word. Amen? Romans 12 says what? Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the washing of the word. That you might know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many want the perfect will of God for your life? How many of you want to become more like Jesus? How does a young man keep his way pure before the Lord? But by meditating on your word both day and night. I'm talking with the young men in my discipleship group, and I go, guys, you want free, you got to meditate on the word of God. Because it is meditating on his word that will keep your way pure before the Lord. Anybody else want to do that? I want to become more like Jesus. Anybody else? So as we're walking through Romans, <clears throat> Romans is kind of divided into four groups. And so we've went through the first area where we uh, went through Romans 1 through 3. Those three chapters talk about how um, there is a need for righteousness. And that without righteousness, you will not see God. Without righteousness, you do not go to heaven. Without righteousness, you will experience the wrath of God. And so we, we walk through that, and then chapters three and a half through, um, through eight, which is where we're landing today in the second group of scriptures, that's, that really, the heading over that would be that righteousness is provided. 
So righteousness is required or righteousness is needed. And then those chapters 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 go through the fact that righteousness has been provided for you through Jesus Christ. Anybody glad of that? And so today what I'm going to try to do, because Romans 8, I told so many people this week, I literally could spend three or four weeks literally just on Romans 8. There are so many powerful truths in the book, in the chapter 8 of Romans but I'm going to just kind of land where I felt like the Lord wanted me to go, and I'm going to expound on a couple things out of Romans uh, today, and uh, hopefully we will get what the Lord wants us to get today, because there is something in the book of Romans that by faith you've got to get a hold of, and you've got to hang on to, and you've got to be reminded of over and over, because every one of us struggle with sin. Every one of us have a problem in our life that we are trying to overcome. Can I have an amen? amen. <laughs> there ain't anybody here that is righteous in your own self, for sure. But all of us are working, not in our flesh, but we are submitting to the Spirit of God, yielding our hearts to God, becoming more like Him to begin to keep maturing, or what we call this work of sanctification, this work of God has already purified us in Christ, but this process of becoming more like him is a process that you will die going to your grave with, right? And if you quit yielding to the Spirit of God, you, you get really miserable. <laughs> and so we're all in this work, and so... We're, I'm going to read a passage, uh, the first four verses in Romans. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to the book of Romans. If you have your electronic Bible, go ahead and open up to Romans chapter 8. We're going to focus in on Romans 8, 1 through 4, and then other scriptures throughout Romans I'm going to hit today. But Romans 8 is this powerful passage, and uh, let's, uh, let's read that. If you want to read it on the screen or through your Bible, either one. I'm reading out of the NIV. Therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You can woo again. <laughs> We're going to have fun today because <laughs> we got a lot of good news to talk about today. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin. Everybody say that with me. Condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in who? Us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Praise the Lord for that. So we are going to go into this, but anytime you see the word therefore, you've got to find out what it is there for. And so Tom taught a couple weeks ago out of Romans 7, and you have to go back to Romans 7 in order to find out what Paul is talking about here and why the therefore is there. Now, before I read the end of Romans 7, I want to give you a story, okay? You guys like stories? 
Well, I'm going to get real vulnerable with a story, and I think this story will be something that really speaks of your life as well. I'm going to get vulnerable with you, and you guys have known parts of this story because I have shared it in some form or fashion through preaching and declaring the Word of God. But in my 20s, as a young Christian man, 20s and early 30s, I was married and I was a lover of God, and uh, I struggled with the sin of lust. The Bible is, uh, talks about how lust will destroy you, and uh, I struggled with that quite fiercely. Matter of fact, there's a book out there called Every Man's Battle, and uh, many, many men uh, struggle with this as they are growing up, and it is a really raging battle. Can I have an amen, men? Can I have an amen, men? And even women struggle with it as well. So it's not just a man thing, right? But in my 20s and early 30s, um, I was continuing to sin over and over. I read every Christian book on it. I read every scripture in the Bible about it, trying to overcome this sin in my life. Hmm. Anybody ever done that? And I would, uh, I would do well for a season, and then I would fall. I would do well for a season, and then I would fall. But this sin haunted me. <laughs> you have any sins haunting you? Lurking around your door? Yeah, I did too. It was, it was, it was behind everything that I did, everything that I tried to accomplish for God in my relationship with my wife. It was pursuing me. It wanted me to fall. It wanted me to fail. It wanted to punish me. It wanted to condemn me. Hello? It wanted to disqualify me as a man of God. It accused me. It shamed me. It guilted me. Anybody got any sins like that hanging on in your life? It accused me all the time. The Bible says that Satan is a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour, and that his job is to accuse the brethren daily. Minute by minute, he accuses us of where we're wrong and where we're not righteous. Is that not true? And during this season of our life, there was also something else going on in this season. Karen and I were struggling with fertility. You know that story of seven years not being able to have children. But here's what was going on behind the scenes that I did not share with anybody at the time. But we were in this process of struggling with infertility month after month. The pregnancy test would be negative. Karen was in extreme pain from stage four endometriosis, and we were fearing the worst we were wondering if we would ever have children, even though we had prophetic words that had declared, you shall have a son, and his name shall be Joel. You shall have a daughter. You shall have a son. His name will be Abraham. God had prophesied to us that we would have children. Praise the Lord, because we needed those prophetic words. Can I have a witness on that? But in this process of months turning into years, and years turning into hidden guilt hidden shame, and hidden condemnation for me, I was going into a place of darkness through this process because I didn't have truth. 
And Karen did not know it at the time, but the enemy was condemning me behind the scenes in my mind. And the voice that I was hearing, I was blaming myself for our infertility because of my lust. Did you hear me? I was blaming myself for why we were infertile. What was being erected in my heart and in my mind was this false belief system that God was punishing me for my sin. And that was why we were not getting pregnant. That this was my fault. That I was guilty. That God was mad. And until I quit my sin, we would continue to be punished. Have you ever felt that way? I became so sin-focused and so guilt-focused and wondered, would I ever get free of the sin? I became so focused on what was wrong with me, I lost the joy of my salvation, and I just worked harder to please God to make up for how bad I felt about myself. And I fell into a works mentality trying to please God, trying to get approval of his love rather than working from love. And I tried to fix myself. Guys, you can't fix yourself. There's only one person who can fix you. (laughs) Can I have an amen on that? So I tell the story because we've all been in this place where we have struggled with sin in our life. And this scripture that we're getting ready to read out of Romans 7, this is how I felt. I felt like Paul did at the end of Romans 7 that we're getting ready to use as the basis of the scripture of Romans 8 that we're getting ready to move into. And so Paul says this out of the end of Romans 7. He says, so I find this law at work in me. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I want to do God's law. I want to do his will. Anybody out there? I want to, and I delight in it. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within who? Me. Oh, what a wretched man I am, Paul said. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Everybody say amen. And so then we merge into Romans 8 here shortly because that passage there is then 
not separate from Romans 8.1. Thanks be to God who delivers me through this, who delivers me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, therefore because of that, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How many want to be set free and, 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 and realize that you're set free from the law of sin and death? Amen? That's where we want to go today. So that's kind of the whole pr principle here. But there's two things that we talk about in Romans 7 and in Romans 8 that the scripture talks about that there are two laws at work. There is this law of sin and death at work. And there is this law of the spirit of life, this walk of faith, that faith, this law of the spirit of life, and this law of sin and death. And which one are we going to believe? And which one are we going to walk in? And which one are we going to yield to? And so that's where we need to go today. Because this crazy struggle of sin that we battle with Romans 8.1 says we are free from that law of sin and death. And so what does that mean that you're set free from this law? What does it mean? Because I still struggle with sin. Anybody in this house ever struggle with sin? Yeah, this morning on the way, you, you, somebody got sideways with their spouse, right? Or their kids trying to get them up. Mm, yeah. How is it that I'm free? What is this law of sin and death that I'm supposed to be free from? Because, friends, I still see sin and I still see death hanging on. Anybody else? So what is Paul trying to get into our hearts as believers? What truth is he wanting to get inside of us that we will believe so that we can be people who live differently than what I explained about myself as I thought God was punishing me? And as I walked in guilt, shame, and condemnation, and, and, and feeling like I needed to be punished, what truth did I need in that season of my life so that I could be free from all that garbage that was actually making me further into sin rather than bringing me freedom? So let's talk about what is the law of sin and death. Romans 5 that we read several weeks ago in 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. Everybody think, say thank you, Adam and Eve. Good old Adam and Eve started this law of sin and death, right? And uh, we inherited something that I have divorced myself from. And I have become a, of a new family and a new law. And you have too, if you know Christ. But what is this law of sin that we're talking about here? In the Old Testament, the law of Moses, if you sinned, you, it brought punishment to the offender, correct? The law said you do this, 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 
this. These are the righteous requirements of the law. That law that God gave us was a reflection of the purity and the holiness of our God. And he was wanting us to walk in holiness and purity like him. And if we sinned, then it brought punishment to those who sinned against God. And the Bible is very clear in the Old Testament and the New Testament that those who sin earn, everybody say earn, eternal punishment. I know a lot of people hate that. I'm sorry, hell is a real thing. It was not made for you. It was made for Satan and his demons. And God wanted you redeemed. And he wanted a relationship with you. But the holiness of God is like a consuming fire. The holiness of God is like a consuming fire. Such that the impure can't stand in the presence and live. The holiness and justice of God require that sin be punished and that the sinner be separated from God. That was the law of sin and death. You sin, you die and get punished, and you are separated with God. So the, the, what it looks like, I sin, I'm judged guilty by God, I'm condemned, and I am punished, and I'm separated from God. That is the law of sin and death. And Romans 8 is telling us that you are freed from that law of sin and death. That when you sin, you no longer get punished. Because of what? Because Jesus took the penalty for you. He condemned sin in the flesh. Now we're going to get into that on what that means. Because Paul brings a new revelation of a new law of the spirit that is now at work that trumps the law of sin and death. Everybody say amen on that. Amen. He begins declaring that we are free from the law of sin and death. So let's go back now to Romans 8, 1, and 2, and let's look at this again, because I want to break some things down on what condemnation is, so that you understand what you're free from. If you don't know what you're free from, you probably won't sing the song that we just sang this morning. This is the song of adoration, <laughs> because of what you've done for us. All praise and all worship comes out of understanding what has been done for you. Can I have an amen? amen? So again, Romans 8, 1 and 2, 1 through 2, therefore, there is now no condemnation. There is no guilty of sin. There is no punishment. There is no, uh, no law of sin at work. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. <clears throat> so what does it mean there is no condemnation? What does that mean to say that there is no condemnation for us who are in Christ? I want to go into this word condemnation a little bit, and I want to look at what it means that there is no condemnation, and I want to look at what are the conditions 
that must be met not to be condemned by God. Because there is a condition that must be met for you not to be condemned by God. And so the word condemnation here, this is the meaning of condemnation. It is a legal decision of guilty in a criminal case. This is a, this is a courtroom term. Condemnation is a courtroom term, and it means a legal decision of guilty in a criminal case followed with punishment or penalty. Another way to say it is to pronounce guilty from evidence and condemn to die, or the action of condemning someone to punishment. Now, I don't know about you, but there is plenty of evidence against me. There is plenty of sin evidence against me. Is there anybody out there that there is not some evidence against you that you sin? Come on, you can talk to me. Plenty of evidence for condemnation. We all in this room, I've said it already, Romans 3.23 makes it very clear that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The law of sin means just what it says. Condemned to death and separated from God. Our punishment should be separation from God. But Romans is starting to break open to us. And he's starting to give us something about that there is no punishment that you're going to receive. There is no condemnation you are going to receive. And why is that? What is the condition that there is no guilty verdict given to Alex? There's no guilty ver verdict given to Tina or Krista or any of you here. How is it that there is therefore now no Condemnation, no guilty verdict. Because in my mind, I'm reminded, and I have to come into alignment with the word of God. What is the only condition that must be met? It is what it says. Some would say the condition is, well, you can't be walking in the flesh. And if you're walking in the flesh and sinning, then there is condemnation. Matter of fact, this scripture, if I go back to it, the NIV does a great job because the King James and the, and the New King James Version, I believe, and many theolo the theologians believe, that it actually is written wrong because the first manuscripts did not say that if you, oh, I should have put it up there. Because in the King James it says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who walk, because we don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, is what it says. And that was not in the early manuscripts. It should say there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, period. The condition of no condemnation is not whether you sin or don't sin. The condition is only, are you in Christ? Are you in him? It's like if I had a glass of water up here and I put the communion cup in the water. Am I in the cup? Are you in Christ? The condition that must be met is you must be in Christ. If you are in Christ, 
You are not condemned. You are not punished. You are not in God's bad sight. That should be shouting grounds, by the way. The only condition to be met, to be free from the law of sin and death, this condemnation and this punishment, is I must be in Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So my question this morning is, are you truly in Christ today? Are you born again of the Spirit of God? Have you had a radical conversion where God came to you and convicted you of your sin? Have you... Have you responded to the Holy Spirit as he knocks on your door, as he pleads and he calls you to him? You don't decide to to accept Jesus Christ. He comes to you. He comes to you. He draws your heart. He comes by the power of the Holy Spirit and he convicts you of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. And there is a work of the Spirit that happens when someone gets a born again. You cannot come on your own terms. It is the Spirit. When I was a 12-year-old, it's when the guy was preaching at camp and all of a sudden it was like, dang, I'm convicted. There's something wrong with me. I need to go forward. I need to get saved. I need to get right with God. Are you in Christ? Many are not in Christ. They've just said a prayer. They're trying to get out of a jam. Have you bowed your knee to the living Christ and received him as your Lord and Savior? If so, you are free from the law of sin and death. You are free from the law of sin and death. You are free from the law of sin and death. You are free from the law of sin and death. You are free from the law of sin and death. You are free. From the law of sin and death, if you're in Christ. But if you have not, and you are not in Christ, and you are still, then you are still lost in your sin. And you will be separated from Almighty God eternally. There is a punishment and there is a condemnation awaiting those who refuse to surrender to the king of glory, Jesus. But the Bible says that you can know that you are in him. My wife and I have been working on her 87-year-old mother, and I've shared that a couple times, who does not know Christ. She has lived in her home for two years, not gotten out of her home, in a home because of COVID, and she has no external people in her life. She only has the Holy Ghost and Karen and I and my children. That is the only influence that is in her life at this point in time unless somebody comes and knocks on her door and becomes a witness for the glory of God. And Karen and I have been praying and we've been asking God, God, she needs you, and we are the vessels 
God wills and acts through us to, to do his great purpose. And so we've been talking to her about Jesus. And that spider, you have to go. And I asked her a couple weeks ago, Granny, I love you. I love you with all my heart. Are you going to be in heaven with us? And the response was, well, I don't know. That's God's decision. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details of what I said afterwards. But she did not know. She did not know if she was going to go to heaven or if she was going to go to hell. She had no clue. And guys, we can know that we are going to heaven. And the Bible says it clearly in Romans. Again, the Spirit himself testifies out of Romans 8, the same chapter that we're in. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If you are born again, if you are a lover of God, the Spirit of God testifies inside of you. You know that you're a son. You know that you're a daughter. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, there's that word suffering again, guys. You ain't going to get away from it. There's going to be suffering in your life. Hey, it's just going to happen, and God's going to overcome the suffering. His power is going to manifest itself through you to get you through whatever you go through. Being a Christian doesn't mean life's going to be easy. Can I have an amen on that? In order that we may also share in his glory. We can know that we are saved. We can know we are in Christ. The condition is if you don't want to receive condemnation, you've got to be in Christ. And you can know if you're in Christ. If you don't know, you need to see me after service today. And we will make sure you know. You can also know you're in Christ because the Holy Spirit is in you. He convicts you and moves you to purity and holy living. Those who are in Christ will not continue to sin, but the Spirit will sanctify you and move you, and, and he will move your heart, and he will help you to put to death the misdeeds of your flesh. I'm telling you, I, we, Karen and I were talking about this the, uh, just, just this weekend. And I was so thankful because it wasn't just lust, but there was also temper and anger. And I was like, Karen, our, look what God has done over the years in our hearts. The Holy Spirit, you know you're in Christ because the Holy Spirit convicts you of things that are in your life. He moves you to purity. He moves you to get rid of these misdeeds in the flesh. It's not that the sin is going to condemn you. You are in right standing with God. Positionally, I am holy and pure before God. I am not a sinner, but I do sin at times. But the Holy Spirit is my sign. You know, it's funny, in the book of Romans, all through the uh, seven chapters of Romans, the Holy Spirit's, I think, mentioned two or three times. But you go to Romans 8, he's, not, he's mentioned 19 times. Just in one chapter. The Holy Spirit is what got me saved. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is what chased me down. 
It is the Holy Spirit that convicts me when I'm not doing what I should. It is the Holy Spirit that is my comforter, my helper. He is the one that keeps pushing me towards the Father and towards the Son. Are you glad the Holy Ghost is inside of you? Now, let me think about this. Now, if, if God can't be around sin... If God can't be, I'm, I'm diverting from a message. This is good. You ready for this? If God can't be around sin, then why is the Holy Ghost inside of you? If Jesus is inside of you and he can't be around sin, he's already taken care of the law of sin. The law of sin is not an issue to him or he wouldn't be inside you. So I can't I can approach the throne of God boldly. I can come to God and say, that ain't who I am. Because if you're not holding it to my account, I'm not going to hold it to my account either. Because if God can't be around sin, he wouldn't be in you. But the very fact that he is in you is proof that you are born again and that he sees not the law of sin and death in you. He sees the law of life in Christ Jesus. And it will set you free from the law of sin and death. And I will become holy. I will become righteous in him. I will manifest the glory of God in my life. It may take me two years. It may take me five years. It may take me 15. But by God, I will overcome the things of the flesh. That's preaching ground, guys. There is a rock inside of you. There is a sperma of God that's inside of you that will perfect you. He is the author, and he is the finisher of your faith. And when you try to come under that law of sin and death, and you become a worm, and you start condemning yourself, you are lying to yourself. You are coming back under the law of sin and death, and it's already been taken care of through Christ. It has already been dealt with. God sees you through the law of the Spirit. That's why I've got to do that to you as well. That's why I've got to give you the same thing that Jesus has given me. That's why I can't be critical of you. That's why I can't condemn you. That's why I can't look at your sin and say, that's who you are. That is not who you are. We are so critical of each other, and it is sin. And we do that because we think we are own, ourselves are guilty and under the law of sin and death. And so we put everybody else under the law of sin and death instead of putting them under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And I pull you into the realm of the spirit rather than putting you into the law of the, of the flesh. That'll preach, by the way. Hallelujah. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I can know it and I can believe it. Say with me, I'm free from the law of sin and death. Say it like you mean it. I'm free from the law of sin and death. I'm free from punishment. I'm free from condemnation and guilt. Hallelujah. You're no longer subject to the law of sin and death. You are under a new law. I am under a new law. 
I am under a new law. Man, you need to remind yourself whenever you start to feel condemned, shame, guilt, kick shame to the curb and say, that is not who I am. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am not under that law anymore. But what we end up doing is getting critical of ourselves and critical of others, and we put ourselves right back under the law of sin and death. And so you've got to know this truth. You've got to go into the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body. You will. But what we focus on is if we live according to the flesh. Well, what I read in my Bible is I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm no longer, I'm no longer that man. If I read my Bible, it says that that man already died. Matter of fact, as Tom mentioned in water baptism, I'm, I'm, I've died to him. That old man, that's why a lot of times when we do water baptism, we say, bye, Johnny. The old man's gone. Quit resurrecting him. So. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because. Everybody say because. Because, because why? Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free partially. Has set you free partially. Has set you free sometimes. Will eventually set you free. You'll eventually get there free. We live a different thing. Romans 8, 3 and 4. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by our flesh, God did. Everybody say, God did. Eric did. Johnny did. Mike did. God did by how? Why? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a what? And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Condemning sin in the flesh. Remember what the word condemn means. Sentenced, guilty, judged, and sin has been punished. Your sin has been punished and it was put on Christ. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be met in us. Guys, you're already, you're already meeting the righteous requirement of the law right now. Because you're in Christ. He took on our sin. He nailed it on the cross. And he paid the price for your present, past, and future sin.
there is no, say no, no. Condemnation. condemnation, no punishment, no, punishment. no, guilty, verdict no guilty verdict against me. Against me. Oh God, get that in us. God, get that in us, I ask in the name of Jesus. Lord, get it in us. He condemned your sin. And it's gone. That's why it's called such good news. That's why we can offer love to people rather than being critical. Because once I give away what I realize what I've been given, it's like, your sin don't scare me anymore. Your sin doesn't have a chance in hell, in the light of his glory, in the light of his righteousness, in the light of who he is and what he has done. Your sin, it just ain't who you are. <clears throat> so why is this important to believe? Why is my believing, why, why me believing this, why is it so important you know, I preached a message last year about how our believing changes our behavior, right? So let's rewind my story. God was not punishing me with infertility years ago because of my sin. My sin had already been punished. Satan was at work to destroy me, but I was in Christ, therefore I was unpunishable. That word's hard to believe. Matter of fact, many in the body of Christ think it's heresy when you say you're unpunishable. I was freed from the law of sin and death when I gave Jesus Christ my life. And Satan was trying to bring me back under bondage. And I was already free indeed. And many of you in this room, you're being punished and you're punishing yourself, and you're bound by shame, you're bound by guilt, and you're bound by condemnation. And God wants to free you from that guilt today, and he wants to bring a new work and a new law, the law of love in your heart, and he wants to give you freedom in this area, because when you are walking in shame and guilt, it really does zap your joy. And where there is no joy in your life, I heard this yesterday and I'm stealing it from Steve Backlund. And when there is not a fullness of joy in your life, that means there's a deficiency in the encounter of God that you have. That means you have not encountered God to the fullness of how you need to encounter him. Because if you've encountered this, what I'm talking about, there is a fullness of joy. There's a worship inside of you where you go, I am so thankful for my salvation. And if you don't have that, you will work hard to gain God's love. And you will work for love rather than from love. That's, let that sink in. If you don't get this truth, you will work for his love rather than from his love.
And that's what I was doing years ago. Performing, working hard to gain Father God's love because of my guilt and my shame. And I had not gotten the revelation of this truth. And therefore, I then moved into quite a, a lifestyle of anger and rage that my family and my children and my wife had to partake of. Then the sin of anger started coming in my life because I felt so bad about myself. Because I wasn't free from the law of sin and death. And therefore, I was angry at myself all the time because I wasn't measuring up to the standards of God. And because I wasn't, they got the blunt of my anger and my rage. I put fear in my wife. I put fear in my children because of my anger. Now, I didn't hit them, beat them, or do anything like that. That wasn't part of my... But I would, I would cuss in front of her, but I wouldn't cuss in front of my kids because I wanted her to know how mad I was. I wanted to push her back. But that what it was was because these sins in my life were eating me for lunch. And emotionally, I was a mess. But I am not that man. And praise God over time. He has set me free from the bondage of sin. And I still got other things that I'm working on to overcome. But I'm not going to wipe myself with shame and condemnation and guilt. I am going to be free in my walk with Christ, I, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Stand up with me. I was going to read another scripture, but we're getting close on time. But really, I would encourage you to go back and read the ending of Romans 8. Romans 8 starts with there's no condemnation. But it ends with there's no separation. There's not any condemnation for those who are in Christ, but those who are in Christ, they're never separated from God's love. And the love of God is always towards us and for us. And if you're here today and you have not made Jesus Christ, your Lord. <laughs> Today is your day. If you don't know Christ, you need, you need his help. And you need to be in him so that you don't experience this separation from God because he loves you. Now here's the thing. If you're here today, the Spirit of God will already be dealing with your heart right now. Everybody just close your eyes. Everybody just ask yourself, am I in Christ? Am I really in Him? Have I had that born-again experience? And if you're here today and your heartbeat is increasing right now and the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart that is good. That is the Spirit of God saying, you need to get right with God. And I've got to believe that in this room, of this many people, there's someone here who has not made Christ the Lord of their life. And if that is you, I want you to do me a favor. And I want you to get really bold. I want you to get really 
I want you to, I just want you to say yes to God. And I won't embarrass you today, I, but I am going to pray with you today. And if you're here today and you have not accepted Christ in your life, but the Spirit of God, right now, the Spirit of God is dealing with you. He's convicting you. There's something going on on the inside. That's what you need in order to get saved. And if that's you, raise your hand for me today. Raise it up high and just wave it back and forth so that I can see you. And I will come up to you later and I will help you come to know the living God so that there will be no condemnation for you because you are in Christ Jesus. So I'm offering this invitation to come to know the living God, to come to know him, the king of glory. And if you're here today, just wave your hand at me. Everybody's eyes are closed. I'm going to assume. Anybody, wave your hand. I want to know. Because if not, I'll move on. Well, then I'm assuming that we're all here today and we've all made a commitment to Jesus Christ. That's good news. You are free from the law of sin and death, my friends, because you are in Christ. I want, I want to encourage you quit allowing shame and condemnation and guilt to eat your lunch. There are some things that some of you are dealing with that the Spirit of God is asking you to lay down, to surrender to Him. When I say there's no condemnation, I am not saying that there is not a consequence to sin. If I sin against my wife and I hit her, there is a consequence to that sin. But my position with God, there is no condemnation. And I must, in turn, I must turn from that sin and I must repent and I must confess it to my wife and I must ask her to forgive me and I must clean my mess up. Can I have an amen on that? But there are some things that you guys are walking in just like me. And the way you think you're going to get free is by feeling bad about yourself. But no, it's by feeling good about yourself that you're going to get free from it. It's because of who Christ is and because you've got to fall into this thing of the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You've got to believe this truth. And so there's some things I'm going to declare over us today, and I want you to declare them with me. So if you will, repeat this with me. I am free from God's punishment, from God's punishment. because I am in Jesus Christ. I am not a sinner, but I am righteous and holy because of Jesus Christ. I am a lover of God, and I do not continue to sin because Holy Spirit leads me to forsake sin. I am under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And I am free from the law of sin and death. 
And so, Father, today we just thank you. We celebrate our freedom in you, God. We thank you for Romans 8. We thank you for the power of the truth of Romans 8, that we are therefore now, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Father, we submit ourselves to this, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus today. We say, God, we will live out of that law. And we refuse to live under the law of, the, of sin and death. We transfer our ownership, God, in our minds to the law of the Spirit in life, of life in Christ Jesus. And Father, I just ask this week, God, that you would begin to do a work in our hearts of dismantling the false belief system that we deserve punishment and that we are condemned by you. God, we renounce that lie from the pit of hell this morning. We cover the body of Christ with the truth that we are set free from that law of sin. We are set free from that law of death and we receive the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you for that. Lord, I bless the people of God. God, may this week be a week where we get into the word of God we, as we read Romans 9 and 10 and we reread Romans 8, God. I pray that you would get this truth deep inside of us so that we can live in joy and peace and no condemnation. Father, we thank you for that and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Give the Lord some praise, guys. Give him some praise. Thank you.